0: Welcome to the Talk & Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley, harley Davison. For today's show, we also welcome on board JDR Off-Road Racing Products. Hit James and the team up for all your off-road motorcycle tyre requirements. My guest today has flown all the way, basically from Arizona to be a guest on the show. Well, not really. He's here to be crew chief for Toby Price Motorsports for the Fink Desert Race. Welcome, Joe Wining.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries at all, mate. I, I honestly really appreciate you coming coming in and... Um, Obviously, you've taken uh, taken a bit of time out of what is a hectic preparation for for Fink this year.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a feat in itself just to get over here. Yeah. Uh, because of the pandemic and the coronavirus stuff, it's been very tricky to do all the paperwork and to get all the clearances to come over, and not alone the 14-day quarantine. So uh, yeah, no, we're we made it and. Trying to trying to get everything organized for the for the big day.
0: How did you do, how did you cope with that fourteen days? Were you pretty good in there?
1: <sighs> the first week was rough. Really? Yeah, it was. The, like I say the first first six seven days was tough. Trying to keep myself busy because yep. I'm constantly working with my hands yep. and constantly on the move all day long. And then you're instantly thrown into a, a hotel room, which was nice, but that was it you just got a little hotel room you can't even open the window so uh it was a little little shaky there for a little bit yeah um but i don't know six seven days into it i kind of developed a routine and and made time go by just kind of made it made it made it happen
0: been a strange time hasn't it
1: it has oh my goodness it's been it's been changing life changing to be honest with you as far as over there in the states uh with all the pandemic going on and the, the mask mandates and uh, the way it's affected all of our lives, it's it's pretty pretty shocking.
0: Yeah, I, 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 like Australia's been. We're an island, so we're sort of somewhat segregated from a lot of it, Correct. I guess. But um, to see some of the things in the US, it's uh, it's been been far worse, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and just just as far as the quarantine was was configured here in, in Sydney when I arrived. Um, it was, in my opinion, it was excessive. Mm. But as soon as you're done with quarantine, we're back to normal life. 100%. You know, no mask mandates, no none of that stuff. And just when I'm starting to get used to the masks, I'm here in Australia and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's all go on. <laughs> Tell
0: me, who's Joe Wining?
1: <sighs> Joe was born in uh, uh, 1975 there in, in Tucson, Arizona. Just kind of grew up, and my, uh, my father and his brothers were into hot rods and, and cars and just grew up in the whole, the mix of it all. Yep. Um, my brother and I were uh, racing uh, three-wheelers, the Honda ATC 70s. Very cool. Uh, by the time we were four and five years old, and just grew up doing motorbikes and cars and, and all that stuff.
0: Looking back on those three wheelers, what, what what's your thoughts now? You've got kids now.
1: Yeah. No. I, well, <laughs> my uh, my son Tyler and my daughter Delaney, yep. um, we started them out on some ATC three wheelers, and everybody says they're dangerous. They're not dangerous. So fun. Hey? It's yeah. It's 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 the operator that's the dangerous part of it. You know what I mean? Yep. But uh, yeah, like I say, just same thing. Now they're. Both on motorbikes and just kind of following in our footsteps. That's really all I know.
0: That's your thing. Yeah. Tell me this: Do you, do you, do you manage to be able to keep any of your like ATCs from back then, or have you been hunting around because they're in Australia? They're very rare.
1: They. It's it's funny you mentioned that. I had moved on from the old ATCs and the four wheelers quite some years ago, mm-hmm. um, and been riding two wheel dirt bikes for shoot. I, 30 years, you know, probably. Yep. Um, but just here, I would say in the last six, eight, maybe 10 months, I've kind of been eyeballing some of the, the old three wheelers, um, just to get one and restore it. Wow. And have it sitting on the shelf or something like that. Just cause, uh, it was a big part of growing up, you know, I mean, every day after school on the weekends, you know, even my mother would ride with us. Yeah. And, uh, that was our sundays riding three wheelers
0: so your family was in like yeah. Yeah. yeah tell me about the hot rods what what sort of uh, hot rods was it, was it back then
1: we uh my dad had an old uh, 1934 ford pickup that he had uh, made and we were just kind of always into old old cars we'd always go to car shows and things of that sort um when i was uh 13 my father had an old Model A, uh, old Ford Model A. I don't. know. I think it was a twenty-nine or a thirty Model A, um, and he had traded it for a sixty-four Ford Ranchero, mm-hmm. and that was when I was thirteen, and that was to be my car.
0: Is that like our Falcon? Correct. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Correct.
1: Yep. It was a, It was a like the Falcon, like a Falcon Ute, mm-hmm. so so to speak, and. Uh, yeah, when I was thirteen. Here you go. There's your car. Really? If you wanna, yeah. And it didn't run. You know what I mean? And, in Arizona, when you turn 16 years old, you can apply for your driver's license. So we had three years to start building on it and working on it, and it uh, led one thing led to another and another, and it ended up we ended up doing a really nice job on it and making a really nice car out of it. And then that kind of sparked more car shows and, and, and roadster runs and things of that sort. And and uh my father and I and my brother, we went all over. We'd go to California to car shows and to New Mexico and just it was good family, good family fun. It really was. Wow,
0: that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah.
1: It? Yep. And like I say, just kinda I kinda my dad still does that. My brother does uh street cars and race cars all the time. That's what he does for a living. Wow. And somehow I just kind of branched off into the off-road world and there I am.
0: We always good with your hands.
1: Always like working on it. Yeah, Yeah, it's just something that we've always done.
0: Yep. So I was um, just born in born into that sort of uh that skill set.
1: Correct. I guess. Correct. I had uh in 98 in 99, I had went to work for a uh, automation company. Mm-hmm. And the, I had met my boss through motorcycle riding. Wow. <laughs> so, And he said, hey, you need to come work for us. You need to come work for us. And I thought, I don't know anything about this automation as far as uh, they, the company that I worked for. We serviced machinery for Intel and IBM and big computer manufacturing plants of that sort. Wow. And uh, I ended up over in Costa Rica for a couple of years, living in Costa Rica for an Intel facility, servicing machines, and and that was that was fun. It was a different, different type of work. It was still hands-on, but it was on robotic equipment, and you're in a clean room, to where it was it was different, but it was a lot of fun. I did a lot of learning. Right, that's huge. And hey. I, yeah, and like say that that had came to an end. Um so I kind of went back to my my off-road stuff, working at a local shop and and uh things were things were going pretty good. And I had a gentleman call that uh was at the time that was racing off-road and uh down in Mexico and all over Arizona and Nevada. And went to work for him and that was 15 years ago. And it's been solid off-road ever since. Man, what a story. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's, yeah. It's, it's been fun. How has
0: how's, how's off-road changed in that time? Like, obviously, the sport's um, very professional now in the trucks and stuff like that. How has it changed, though?
1: Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. Um, back in 2005 when I had started yep. doing off-road as a, as a full-time job. The... The race cars were similar, but the technology was was much different. Um, and through the years, it's progressed to where the technology in these race cars now are yeah. <laughs> incredible. You know, all the computers and, and the, in the sensors and you know, I mean, it's it's pretty neat.
0: How how did you like? Are you more mechanical or electrical? What's your skill set, or a bit of both?
1: I would say. M- much more mechanical, yeah. for sure. Um, the electrical side is, with with the times and the evolution of the electricity and in, in, in the electronics, I'm focusing more on that because I got to be able to keep up with everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. But as far as mechanical, it's. This majority of us mechanical.
0: Because that's where my question was probably going to lead. Like as it's changed, like you can see, obviously all the data that obviously going to come through from all these different sensors and stuff like that. That's there's the first one, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which it happened. Um, but yeah, that that's obviously going to continue to evolve as well. I guess. Eh?
1: Oh man, it's yeah, it's just over the last five years. Yep. It's the the data analysis and the logging, and. You can sell so many things about the vehicle and its performance just by downloading the 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 information off the computer. Yeah. And looking at it and you can tell you can tell everything. You know, as long as the, 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 the vehicle's equipped with the sensors that you that you want to look at, it's it's incredible.
0: Fifteen years ago when you started, did you think that'd be the case? No. Nah.
1: No, not really, because it was at the time, it was just kind of converting over into the fuel injection, oh, yeah. you know, on these vehicles, and and uh, at that time, it was kind of that was new to us back then. Now <laughs> it's, you know, fuel injection just, just the,
0: seems like a distant memory now, doesn't it? It,
1: it does for sure.
0: It's crazy. So, what what was the um, the events like then?
1: Very similar. Similar. Yeah. Very similar. We would do the the. The Baja races, you know, the Baja, the San Felipe 250, and yep. the Baja 500 and the thousand, and uh, pretty much the same events, you know, we're, are still running today that they were back then. Yeah, it's just at a different pace, <laughs> just a lot faster. <laughs> yes, and uh, the 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 professionalism has, has gone through gone through the roof. There's mm. a lot more sponsors coming aboard and a lot more representation, which is really nice.
0: TV package. Correct. That's 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 a huge asset, hey? Yes. You know, um, we were away the other weekend. Just might have been just as you were flying over or just before quarantine. And we watched an event, and you could see everything. Like, obviously, a lot of chopper stuff. But mm-hmm. it's incredible, hey?
1: Yes, yes. And that's what brings in the sponsors. Yep. Because now the whole public can view it. You know, majority of the time, we're out racing, you know, and, and it's a long distance course, and you see the the vehicle for thirty seconds, a minute, and that's it, all and gone. it's gone. You know what I mean? So, with all of the, the the camera and the TV, and all the drones and everything flying around, that uh, it's better to watch the race on TV than it is in person. <laughs> yeah, <well that's- laughs> you get more coverage. You get more you know? to see. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Exactly. And so,
0: as as a, as motorsport in a whole, that's something that's um. That's taken out. Like crowd numbers are, uh, TV numbers are ra- raising, but crowd numbers dwindle because the best place now to watch it is on your big screen at home. Yeah, which is and, you don't get the same feel.
1: For sure, for sure. Yeah, know That's especially in the off road world. Mm. You know, these vehicles are five thousand pounds. And it's a forty inch tire, that's and massive. they're just screaming through stuff that's impossible to the, to the normal eye. To go through, you know what I mean? Big bumps and rocks and
0: the desert and... They make it look easy too. They do. That's, that's... I think that's one of the crazy parts. Like you get your average Joe with their 4 by 4 here in Australia that thinks we're going to go tackle whatever it may be. And it looks really difficult. But then you get a trophy truck, just hover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's... And like actually, the trophy trucks are all... And the same thing with the buggies. They're completely custom. Yeah. You know... It, See, I've been with uh, Toby's new truck since we started it, and it was just a pile of tubing on the floor. Really? That's <laughs> yep.
0: how it starts? Yep. So tell me how involved. Obviously, Toby's bought a new – now I'm going to stuff this up – Tesco. Yep. <laughs> we, we mentioned this beforehand, but new Tesco truck that's coming in for Fink this year. Correct. Tell me how that project starts. What what goes on when you're building one of these?
1: Uh, well, it takes there's, – there's quite a few different vendors mm-hmm. um, that offer – different trophy trucks, and, of course, you could hand-build one if you wanted to. But uh, Toby did some background and some research and kind of landed with uh, John Vance and and the Tisco Group on building this new trophy truck. And they were obviously more than welcoming to do it. So we had started on that, and and Toby's truck specifically is an Australian spec. Truck, so it's a it's slightly smaller version of what we would classify as a trophy truck. Yep. over there, um, a slightly smaller version, so it's slightly, slightly lighter, but we also have to mandate to a 6.0 liter engine rule mm. here in Australia. Over in America, they're you know, eight almost an eight liter engine, Cause you know what I mean. And,
0: what is it? It's uh, Duggan, Duggan it's engines. Duggan's yeah, Duggan's racing engines. Yep. Like they're a five fifty five cube or something around that for their trophy trucks. Hey.
1: Yeah, yeah. Over. That's a big motor. They're <laughs> they're they're monsters, and they're eleven hundred horsepower, twelve hundred horsepower. You know, and the, and the the new thing just over the last three years, uh, all wheel drive trophy trucks have come into play. Mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother evolution yeah you know now you've got two drive systems you're trying to work with and you need twice the amount of power to run <laughs> two, the two driving systems you know what I mean 100 percent yeah so but um yeah we started on on this new to- tisco toby truck for Toby and there was tons of vendors that had wanted to come aboard and represent their product on it and it, uh, yeah, started out pretty good.
0: Now, when, when it comes as, you know, just a couple of pieces of pipe, how long does it take to build one?
1: The Tisco has, they have their, their chassis all drawn up mm-hmm. in, a, in a CNC or a CAD deal and they have a company, they outsource to a company that laser cuts them and bends them to what they need to be right and uh and of course they have a jig table they have two or three jig tables and they just kind of lay the all the tubing in order and and a couple of guys start welding and and as i say toby's truck is uh, australian specific and of course we want to build it to what their needs are you know what i mean unfortunately toby was able to come over and uh when we got it to the certain point where he could sit in it and Put the seat where he wanted, and put the steering wheel where he wanted, and the, and the pedals, and just you got to be comfortable. You know, you're in it for a long day, and yep. you got to be comfortable in the truck and be able to operate everything in a in a safe manner, You know,
0: definitely, it com- comforts. You know, any racing vehicle, I guess that's one of the biggest things. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially in in long distance stuff because you're in it for a long time, and even the noise. From the engine and the exhaust, yep. can fatigue you. Mm. You know what I mean. Next thing you know, you're tired and you're not, you're not fresh, and you're making mistakes. And well, <laughs> mistakes—they pretty mistakes bad. Mistakes can be bad. Yep. You know what I mean. Would
0: would, Toby, would Toby's truck be able to be taken over to do like a Baja or something, or would it just be because the Australian spec? Or how how does that <clears throat> sort of work?
1: Toby's truck is yeah. It you could take it over there and you could race in Baja. Yep. and things of that sort. Unfortunately, because of the Australian spec, it doesn't fit into a specific category. Mm. So we would have to race it in the trophy truck division because it's an unlimited vehicle.
0: So you'd have to have your, your six-liter against whatever it may be <laughs> and rear-wheel drive.
1: Yes, correct. Yep. Yeah, so he'd be a little bit of an underdog yep. um, just because of the, the displacement of the engine. And, uh, you know, as far as maneuverability and, and performance, I think it'd be right there because it is a smaller engine package, mm. but it is lighter to where you kind of give some and take some.
0: And they're, like in, in the large-scale ones, they're all naturally aspirated, hey?
1: Correct, yes. Yep. Yes, that is the only rule yep. that uh, the unlimited Trophy Truck Division has over there is it has to be... Um, Naturally aspirated. If you're racing for SCORE International, mm-hmm. I know there's another there's another sanction uh, which we race quite frequently with Best in the Desert, mm-hmm. and they do allow. There was uh, a competitor for a number of years that had a twin turbocharged uh, trophy truck. V8. And yeah, it was a 8 It was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Because the V6
0: is quite common. Uh, over here isn't it yes V6 in the in the so uh, obviously Correct. class yep
1: yep so, twin
0: turbo v8 wow
1: yeah no this was uh they didn't have a lack of power but of course you know with more power than the drive chain they were having issues with drivetrain and some things of that sort and and it's just a it's a constant battle with
0: all-wheel drive what's what's Obviously, tire wear is probably going to be a, a saving thing with all-wheel drive because rear-wheel drive, you're obviously going to be um, using your power a lot more to maneuver. What's, what are other benefits of obviously all-wheel drive?
1: The the all-wheel drive, like you say, yes, tires are, are a big factor. Yeah. Uh, you can go so much longer on tires and brakes because you're okay. not using brakes near as much to slow the vehicle. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like I say, it's – the all-wheel drive is – it's a different way of driving. You know what I mean? It's it's – you're not as as sideways and and, and driving – like literally driving a vehicle mm. as much as you are in a two-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive, you kind of turn it, aim it, and shoot, and well, it goes. You know what I mean? More well, like a circuit Correct. vehicle,
0: isn't it, really? Yeah. Like where you, you've got more grip, obviously, to – Yes. Pick your line and direct in and shoot out.
1: Correct. And like I say, your 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 corner exit speed is so much faster. Yeah. Right. And in sand washes and you know just your acceleration is is a lot faster. But of course it comes. You know you got to take care of your equipment to a certain extent. Yeah. And now you've got twice the amount <laughs> of components to kind of protect and think about. But uh, yeah, the all-wheel drive game is is strong. In fact, two of the two of the big major races this year have been won by an All Wheel Drive. Really? Yeah, and they're it's a serious competitor. They're pretty good.
0: It's like, and Toby sort of said it. It's like the Formula One of uh, like trophy truck racing. Really, is like the Formula One of off road, isn't it?
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Like, and a lot of people, especially here, like we just don't have many events or large scale events that are close to metro areas. Mm-hmm. That's and that's a trouble, like because people venture into metro areas to see something like you'll go to a queensland raceway to see the supercars that's correct. our pinnacle of, of racing here as such um but if you got to drive to think to see it you a lot of people don't realize how how you know how much talent for one thing and how much technology and engineering goes into these trucks
1: correct and correct and same thing they see the truck coming down the road and it goes by them and that's it done yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. They don't yep. see it till the next day, uh, and and think you know what I mean. The way that that format is laid out, so it's it's not a very spectator sport. Mm. But like I say, fortunately the, the TV programs and all that stuff has brought it into light, which is good.
0: It's like a purist sport, isn't it? The yeah. people that are into it know Offer. know every part of it, or every sort of uh, facet to it. Hey,
1: correct, correct, and well, it's it's. Once you get into it, it's, it's like a drug. <laughs> you can't get out of it, you know. It's, it's just a good time.
0: Now, you said at the start, motorcycles. What were the, some of the motorcycles you were riding for? I.
1: So I you could, were
0: into the motorcycles for a bit too, are hey? you?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still ride. And my son's yep. riding. Um, good. Hondas. Yeah. been on Hondas pretty much all my life. Uh, in the, the mid-90s, <clears> just after high school, uh, a friend of mine was racing professional motocross and supercross. And uh, I went to work for him, wrenching on his bikes and all that. And, yep. and we did supercross all year. And we did the outdoor nationals, you know, there in the States. And, uh, yeah, just kind of been on Hondas. I had a Kawasaki for a couple of years. Yeah. But uh, the bike I have now is a Honda yep. CRF 450. You know what I mean? And And it's an X model, so... For, for Enduro and night riding and I can jump on the street and ride it down the street and Perfect. catch the next trail over. But
0: I That ah, mid-90s when you were doing that spinner work, then that would have been a pretty crazy time in that sport. It,
1: it was, mm. it was, and it was racing to where it's <laughs> pack up and go to the race, pack up and go to the next race, you know what I mean? I, <clears throat> I think that year we had went from Unadilla, New York, yep, all across the top of the states, to washington that's a long way in a week you know and all the privateers were all traveling together and it was tough man, it was you
0: know, in and and um i went there and i think it was 14 or 16. uh-huh that's a long way from anything
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes it is yes it's beautiful though
0: man very lovely place yeah and, yeah. and uh upstate new york yeah and,
1: uh, Ut- utica yeah isn't new it? york it's upstate and yeah um yeah, no, it was, like say, we were young and yep. and just trying to race and trying to, he was trying to make it, you know, and we did two seasons of Supercross and, and uh, I did a season of outdoor with him. Yeah, right. And then I had, I had moved on from there. But uh, he continued for a while and I think he ended up hurting himself pretty good and kind of got out of it.
0: What sort of riding do you have around Arizona? Obviously you've grown up in Tucson. Mm-hmm. What's What's around there? Desert. All desert.
1: All desert. Yeah. All desert. But there's some beautiful trails and, and mountains and and uh, there's a lot of ranching land. Mm-hmm. So you'll 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 find a good trail and you'll run it out for you know thirty forty k and you'll run into a fence. Right. You know, and you never want to backtrack the same way you came. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> but uh, there's some good riding. Yeah. There's some good. Ride. I mean, there's been. Several rides that my buddies and I have gone on right out of the house and 150 mile, 200 mile days. Really? Yeah, I never see the same thing twice. It's it's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. it's, And of course, cactus, and you know, I mean, it'll get you. The desert will get you for sure. Yeah. And uh, during the summertime, it's so hot that if you're not on your bike at five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you <laughs> it's know. A yeah, it's over. But you know, of course, hydration is key, and just trying to be in good shape.
0: Wow! Because yeah. yeah, I was interested to find out about the bike part because I, you know, you mentioned it before. I was like, oh, what, what, what were they? And yeah, obviously Hondas, eh?
1: Yeah, I've been on Hondas for a long time. And it's funny. I've actually been an eyeballing a, uh, uh, some of the KTM stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of wanting to downsize or go to a lighter. As I'm getting older, I want to go to a lighter. Three fifty. More, yeah. Yeah. more maneuverable bike they're good so, yeah that's what they say
0: yeah we're in the you're in an orange shed for yeah two months
1: <laughs> <laughs> correct right. uh in fact a buddy of mine just bought a, a ktm and he's been on a honda he's been a diehard honda guy wow. like myself for years yep and he loves it so yep. he kind of kind of put the thorn in saying hey these bikes are pretty awesome
0: it's pretty sure. crazy to uh, – I, I, I just got a Husky in uh, November mm-hmm. last year, a 450 Husky, road registered and trail bike. Yep. And um, Yamaha for the last six years prior to it. Okay. And wow, like no discredit to what I came from it. Was a, it was a great bike. But yep. when you get on to the, the modern evolution of the KTM and Husky, it's, um, it's awesome. Yeah. like They're just so – I don't know. They're just so light and – just everything everything every single thing about them is just just the feel is just amazing
1: good good yeah I'd like I've been looking to, for something that's a little more light and nimble yep. so to speak you know because we've got a lot of single track and yeah, right. just just in the in the area that's really nice to ride and and uh, the high speed stuff I've kind of backed away a little bit from the high speed stuff just because a lot of the times I'm by myself yeah and um, you know 50k out in the middle of nowhere, and
0: <laughs> like you said, it you can, can bite.
1: You can. <laughs> yep. it. You can't. It can't. You know what I mean? Or, or wildlife. You know, we have a lot of cattle, and a cattle cow will jump out in front of you, and cow usually wins. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> we're pretty light compared <laughs> to cattle. Yes. Oh, uh, tell me the 15 years ago, who who was at the GoPier start?
1: Uh, a gentleman by the name of John Herder. He was racing class one, the unlimited buggies, mm-hmm. and uh, called me up and said, hey, I had some recommendations and, and won to race. We were going to spend a couple of years racing hard as far as six, seven races a year. And uh, he had a shop all built and all that, and I just kind of stepped in. And our first season together, was we were racing uh, uh, best in the desert. Yeah. We won a championship won some races back to back and it was first couple of years was awesome really it was really good yeah
0: so how like to the stage of hands-on what what were you doing then
1: everything complete the whole package complete tear down to to rebuild and get ready for the next race and then uh we tear it back down and start over again for the next race
0: wow
1: and it just I kind of learned right away that uh you know the the green flag only drops once, mm. so you've got to be prepared as much as you can, and you can't overlook anything, because if you overlook that one little thing, it's going to get you. Mm. It's going to bite you, and well, they're not going to oh, stop the race for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. it's gotten to be the 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 detail, and it is it's phenomenal.
0: So what was the what was the package that he was racing for those first few years? What, what are we talking about?
1: Uh we were in an unlimited buggy, yep. similar to what we have here in Australia. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. It was a Jimco. Mm. Hmm. Jimco Manufacturing. Um. They were supporting us. They would help us in the, in the pits and things of that sort. Yep. And with parts. And uh, we had raised – It was in a. It was in a single seater. It was just him in the car. Yep and uh nice and lightweight and fast, really fast, and like you say, we did first couple of years we were can't say untouchable, but pretty close to it. We did really good, and we had uh Jim co had built us a two seater mm-hmm. and uh I would do all the you know all the prep and everything on it and also navigate and we had a couple of really good races, uh but there was with a new car, there's always little teething problems, you know what I mean, things yep. that haven't, you haven't really worked out just yet, you know? And um, and in, in, in turn with that, we raced that car for about a year and a half, and uh, John builds custom homes for a living. Right. So that's what was financing the racing. In the economy, it took a nosedive. And people were closing up shops, and it was really bad over in the United States in around two thousand nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. And uh, well, of course, first thing to go, racing. Mm. <laughs> so, fortunately, John and I uh, had got a call from a fresh and upcoming team called Speed Technologies. Uh, They're out of Reno, Nevada, and uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to drive for them for a year maybe a year and a half wow and uh, I would go up to uh, Reno, Nevada and work a Monday through Thursday on the, on the car with the team you know and and we had we had a lot of fun that year
0: so it, would you drive up to
1: no they'd fly phone? me up
0: because that's a I was going to say that's a fair haul
1: yeah yeah, no, yep. it's it's about a seventeen-hour drive. Yeah.
0: So you do Monday to Thursday.
1: Yeah, and I'd fly yeah. home, and and um, my wife and I were starting to work on a family. Yep. And uh, that had came about, so I decided to stop traveling. You know mm. what I mean? And uh, called uh, being that we were in the in the racing, now you know, so 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 submitted into the racing. I had uh, got a call with uh, Rick Geyser of Geyser Brothers. Yep. And uh, we talked for a little bit, and he said, hey, I got a a gentleman, his name is Jesse Jones, that is, he's been, Jesse Jones has been racing for years, years. He started out on four-wheelers, on quads. Wow. But, uh, and we had always raced with him in the desert. He was always racing in, in the trophy truck division. And, uh... Rick are directed hey, me. Yeah, uh, Jesse wants to go racing, but we need somebody that's that's good and that can ride along with Jesse and go from there. So that's where the whole Jesse Jones deal started up, and that was in 2010. Seriously. And uh, yeah, and we built two brand new trucks that year. Uh, two Jesse, and I won the the, the score championship. In 2010 together, navigating for him and, and, and prepping and racing. And yeah, I was with Jesse for 10 years.
0: Man, that's a huge guy.
1: Yeah. And no, it was great. And then Jesse's just, Jesse's a lot like Toby Price. Really? Super, super nice guy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Do whatever for whoever, whenever, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, uh, one of the nicest guys in off-road, super generous. Yeah. And, uh. To say jesse took me under his wing and and uh we had a bunch of good years a bunch of good good things come up of it
0: jeez, you must have done some traveling in those years
1: a lot of mexico yeah yeah yep <laughs> yeah so fortunately living uh, in 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 Costa Rica for the few years that i did mm. i had uh picked up spanish as a as a secondary language yep. to where that always helps you know what i mean Because in mexico there's there's some areas that you can get into trouble, mm. and if you don't speak the language, they'll get you. you really? Know? Yeah. Yep. As far as money and hassling you and stuff like that, but wow. So yeah, no, and that's how uh, we had. I had, we had got in touch with Toby was through Jesse.
0: So, the the trophy uh-huh. truck. Then, so you would have done Baja, and that. Mm. When when did you like? At one point, like you're obviously a motorcycle racer, and you've done all this. How, how do you step away from being the driver racer to, to being in the navy seat and working on it? How does um, that work?
1: Well, I had always grew growing up. We were always working on our own stuff, Yeah, you know, and that's how, like I say on my, on my 64 Ford Ranchero, you know, I started working on that. And of course my father helped me out a lot and just kind of learned mm. and fed mm-hmm. off of him. And, uh, Doing the motorcycle, you know, see, always just growing up, working on everything because we had to. We didn't have any option if we wanted to go ride. Gotta we got to work on our cars or our bikes. You know what I mean? And uh, I never, as far as like the the racing aspect of it and the driving of it, I think being that I worked on them, I was always I would always tend to take more care of them than driving them to their limits. You know what I mean, like I I know.
0: Mechanical sympathy.
1: <clears throat> for sure, exactly. Yep. Uh, I know Jesse and I would, would have uh, plenty of heated moments in the, in the race vehicle, you know, because I'd feel, hey, you're, you know, we've got 400 k's to go. Wow. You're beating up the car, you know what I mean? And of course, him is a very competitive driver no 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 I'm not beating up the car you know what I mean and we just there's quite a few heated moments inside the cab of the truck but you work them out and you know it's just when the driver's so passionate about what he's doing and the navigator and the mechanic is so passionate about what he's doing yep. there was some conflict For you sure. know what I mean but nonetheless you know at the finish high fives and beers and, it's good. and hugs it's all great yeah,
0: yeah. You must, you must push your body to, to some sort of limit in itself when you're going to do, say, a Baja or something. Like if you're, say, in the navigator seat and you're working on a vehicle, mustn't be much sleep.
1: <laughs> no, there's not mm. much sleep. There's a lot of stress. If, if you truly care about what you're doing in your race, yep, it's just it's self-inflicted stress. And, you know, you want it to be as perfect as you can have, possibly make it. And he wanted to be as best for the driver so he can do his job. And, you know, you just, I tend to load myself up pretty hard because 80% of the races won in the shop. (laughs) You know what I mean? 100% as far as prep wise. Yeah. So,
0: what's, you know, like in, in Australia, I think it's either 10 years or, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 10 years for cranes. There's a pull down time where they've got to go through like a complete certification service sort of thing where you go through every nut and bolt. Is there, like, after all these years, do you have, like, a scale of, you know, the bolt for this needs to be, like, how much detail do you go down to that? Oh, yeah. Everything? Yeah,
1: you pretty much, and, of course, you learn the hard way. um, A bolt breaking. (laughs) A bolt breaking or, or, or something coming loose. But, yeah, it comes down to every nut and bolt and the wiring and you're inspecting all the terminals. And because, like I say, it's, you got one shot, you know, and the amount of effort and the money involved five dollar part and you're sitting on the side of the racecourse.
0: It's crazy. You
1: know, and it's and it's been that way several times. Yeah. It's just a little fitting that broke and it's leaking oil or it's got a little crack in it and it's <laughs> just it's the all of things. Yep. Yeah. And it's the the competition nowadays is so close and so fast that you know, you'll do a 500-mile we'll race, and it comes down to 7, 10, 12 seconds between first and second. That's nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's—the the pit crews have got to be on their game, you know, because it's—if you're not coming in and changing two tires and putting in 60 to 70 gallons of fuel— if you're not doing that within 20 to 25 seconds, somebody else is.
0: Gallons of fuel.
1: Yeah, gallons. <laughs> so that's four
0: and a half. So you're talking 250 <laughs> liters of fuel. Correct. In 25 seconds. Yep.
1: Plus a dual tire change Tires on as rim. well. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. And it's, and it's, yeah. You see, if you're not doing it, somebody else is and yep. the clock doesn't stop.
0: Yeah. And that, that's, that's the biggest thing about motorsport these days. A lot of it's one in. You make up so pits. much time in that area, hey?
1: For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it can make or break you.
0: I can't believe it. That. That's you know you know how long it takes for you to fill your car up at, at the service station for uh, you know twenty gallons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's oh, yeah. three four minutes <laughs> like to churn out. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, no, we have we have special systems and stuff that we use over there for doing that, and yep. and pumps and and pressure pots and and it's it's quite dangerous. You know what I mean? Mm. It's it's the, the crew has to have fire suits and, and helmets and things of that sort because, like, say you're dumping in 250 liters in 20 seconds, that's a lot of, Mate. you know, that's a, that's a that's a big volume of fuel. Definitely. And, of course, everything's hot. The brakes are hot. The engine's hot. The car's hot. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty dangerous time. It's dry and dusty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Static discharge, All all that stuff has got to be taken into consideration.
0: That is, uh, yeah, that's that's something I just didn't even r- really think of, the the amount that needs to go in. Yeah. <laughs> Between uh, 2010 and 2015, tell me about those years. Like you went and done obviously the stuff with Jesse, but you obviously subcontracted to, you've done some stuff with Jeff Ward. Uh, yes. And some other different fields of stuff as well.
1: Yes, we. Uh, um, I was with the Speed Technologies Group, uh, Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil Company had come up with a stadium-style racing and um, Speed Technologies had contracted Jeff Ward to drive for a few years in their uh, Pro 2 division.
0: So this is like the trucks that they're doing, like Glen Helen and stuff like that. Is Is that right? Yes, Yes,
1: correct. Yep. And uh, I was... There was there was three of us all together on the the truck for for Jeff Ward, and um, it was great. Great, Good fun. we almost the first year we were runner up for a championship, and like I say Jeff Ward came into it the first race, you know, and hadn't really had much seat time in it.
0: Yeah,
1: and just throughout the course of the weekend, between the practice sessions and qualifying sessions, and. And the two individual races, it was night and day. Really? And he just sat right into it and got it figured out, and uh, yeah. And then from there, we just we just took off and did a bunch of racing that year. It was fun.
0: Hey, they must have been um, like compared to a, like a long course <laughs> event. Gee, you would have been working for it there. Yeah. Like they they, they were carnage to watch.
1: <laughs> major carnage, major carnage. And Jeff, as a driver, Jeff Ward was really good. Uh, he would try to steer clear of trouble, and and, and he, wasn't, he wouldn't beat people up. He would pretty much drive around them and do all that stuff. There's the other people. The yeah. other competitors would just come in and fucking slam you. Clean you out. Yeah. You know, and then well, there's another fender, and there's another set of supports, and all that stuff. You know what uh, I mean? So the truck would come in, and we only have a a limited slot time. You know what I mean? So mm. we'd have to try to get it all dressed up and the tv coverage was great so you know it's always in your in your best recommendation and sponsors to try to keep it looking as nice as possible for sure and professional you know
0: say so, well that that era around then lucas oil must have pumped a lot of money into motorsport eh?
1: they did like they between
0: did. that they were doing the motocross <laughs> as the major sponsor think they're doing some drag stuff as well oh yeah yeah and and, and heavy
1: drag boats all kinds of stuff yeah lucas oil was pretty much the headline of any kind of motorsports over there in the united states for for years yeah
0: so was that a good time it was yeah
1: it was a good time had a lot of fun doing that uh a lot of work yeah a lot of work where
0: were you Um, based out of
1: they were the the shop was based out of Reno Okay. And uh, so that like was say, up at
0: Speed Technologies, yep, the same same shop at that, that time. Correct.
1: Yep. yep. And uh, like I say, I would fly up and for four or five days and fly home, and and uh, a lot of the time the my wife uh, and our and our daughter, which was only a, a year old at the time, yep. would meet us. You know what I mean, and, and be at the races with us. And my poor little girl's just grown up and. <laughs> Loud engines and loud noises. Here it starts again. (laughs) Yep, exactly.
0: Is your wife into motorsport? She... Or has she grown into motorsport now?
1: She's grown into it. Yeah. Um, I had met my wife um, about a year prior to going to work with John Herter. And when I went to work with John Herter in 2005, it was full on you know what i mean and we just kind of just kind of engulfed us mm. and loved doing it you know what i mean it's not a it's not an 8 to 5 job by no means you know it's work till it's done
0: <laughs> i guess that's where all that that um, background of doing all your own when you got to do your own stuff nothing's done until it's done
1: yeah there's no, no real it's, clock is there no not really not really it's it's really tough to do that yeah uh, there's so many different vendors that you know you depend on for their products and their services and you know it just you got to have a relationship with everybody Mm. and uh it, it turns into quite a bit of work
0: with without um trying to embarrass you or talk it up here but how like how many joes are there out there like obviously you've got fabrication experience mechanical experience how many like that must be such an asset to people how many of like you are around that usually you'll find someone that's a really good fabricator but they don't do much mechanical mm-hmm. work. How many the, are those around?
1: There, there's quite a few of them out there still lingering around. Really? Um, yeah, there's. I, I, I would like to say that they're getting fewer and far between. Because mm. um, there's not, like you say, there's now. It's it seems like it's so more individualized.
0: So I've got an A grade yeah. fabricator. Correct. And that's my thing.
1: Yep, and you got You got a. An assembler, hmm. you know what I mean, and you got an electrician te- technician, and you got uh, uh, just a straight up welder, fabricator yeah. guy, you know what I mean, and, and all three of them or all four of them, you know, have to work together, and uh, I've kind of had to do all of that, hmm. you know what I mean, and there's there's quite a few of us out there that in the in the desert field that do that.
0: Because that, that must, you know, like it costs a lot of money to go racing. For sure. Like you imagine if every event that you had to go to, you had to take all four of those people. Yeah. You know, it it'd probably be, it would be unsustainable for most. Um, so to have you being able to be that person, huge asset, hey?
1: I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. And it's taken me where I am today. You mm. know what I mean? Here I'm halfway across the world from home. Jeez, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's, like I say, it's exciting. I enjoy it.
0: Now, how, how did you get linked with Toby? Like, this would have started with Jesse, obviously. Yeah. With relationship.
1: I think it was 2016. Baja 1000. Mm. might have been 17. 16. It was 2016, I believe. Anyhow, we had just built... Uh, Jesse had just built a brand new Geyser Brothers all-wheel drive trophy truck. Yep. And this was probably the second one built and in competition and it was the latest and greatest you know I mean a really really nice piece for it's time and uh, we were just just finishing the, the final stages on it and Jesse rang me and said hey uh, Toby Price is going to come over and race with us for the Baja 1000 and uh, my first thought was a ah, motorbike guy mm. but motorbike guys, especially somebody at Toby's level, are, you know, racing and navigating and they know how to read the terrain and they are looking, you know, 200, they're racing 200 meters out from where they are, you know what I mean? And they're, they're traveling at high speeds, you know what I mean? So I was like, well, you know what, the motorbike guys, the good ones, they don't worry me that much, you know what I mean? And, uh, so yeah. Toby come over for the Baja 1000 and it's a pretty funny story. We uh, just finished up the, race, the, the brand new racetrack and uh, I had came down, I had met Jesse in, in northern Baja and uh, Toby was down further south. But anyhow, you J- Jesse and I tested the race car in the morning and, uh, and then he said, hey, we're going to go down to uh, El Rosario, a little little town, probably 500 people. Yep. But that's where Toby was staying because Toby was pre-running his southern section of the race cars. So we went down there and met him at the hotel, and that's where I met Toby. And uh, Toby never seen a truck, never sat in it, never, you know what I mean? And here we are. Completely fresh. Completely fresh. Yeah. And uh, we kind of go over the, the stuff with him so he knows how to operate it. And for that race, Toby's whole section was in the nighttime, was, was pitch dark. So Toby and I got in the truck, and, and it was still daylight. And we went out, and we drove probably 40K, 35, 40K in the daylight to where he could kind of get a feel. And, you know, he was getting a feel for it. And I was like, well, I was a little nervous because... What these vehicles are capable of, yeah, you know what I mean. You could easily throw it away quickly and, mm. and get hurt, you know. And uh, being that his whole section was at nighttime, I said, "Hey, let's let's pull up here on the side of the of the race course and wait till dark. That way, we can drive it in the dark, and we can adjust the lights to what you want to see, you know. So." Toby and yeah. I are on a, on a mountainside in, in Baja, California. Probably 40, 50 miles from anything, anybody. we any, just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And we just hung out for a good hour, hour and a half, and just talked and chatted about everything. And then uh, Jesse and, and his partner showed up, and we talked some more. <clears throat> and then finally it was dark enough to where you couldn't. You couldn't see your hand. Wow. Which is what, because we want to simulate what Toby's going to be in, driving in, you know what I mean? So we jumped back into race car, and we went another probably 10, 15K and stopped and made a light adjustment. We got the life store. We were happy with it. And uh, we were probably had 25, 30K, to get out to the highway where our our truck and trailer our little support team was, and uh I asked him, i said go ahead, if you feel comfortable with it, drive it to your capability, you know, and it was up in the mountains where it was really good driving road, you know what I mean and yep. and uh had a bunch of bumps, a bunch of turns to where you had to you had to have some an idea of what you were doing, you know what I mean? It wasn't just flat out. And, man, he, he did great. He did great. It was—I was actually very impressed. And uh, we come out to the highway, and we stopped, and our crew—our support crew wasn't there yet. And uh, I remember turning the, the interior lights on. I looked over at him, and his eyes are, like, fucking that big. <laughs> and he's smiling, and he was—it took him probably three or four seconds— and he's like, man, this is, this is insane. Mm. You shouldn't be able to do this. This is crazy, you know. And, uh, yeah, from from there we just kind of sparked up a friendship and keep in touch all the time.
0: They, they must give you, I don't know, just, just hearing that story is like a little, like adrenaline in, in a way. They must give you so much, eh? Hey?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah.
0: For a guy that's just, <clears throat> just, you know, done a DACA, like done multiple DACAs and everything. To get into one of those and still have <laughs> like a, a sense of adrenaline oh, in something yeah you know, I mean, it, was it, just, it must give you something
1: yeah it was funny i think he i think he told me he's like man i'm not very often am i speechless but i i don't even know what to say right now yeah and we get to out of the truck and he's just kind of walking in circles like wow this is so grateful you know what i mean and yeah. so pumped and just it's cool
0: he's like a kid hey <laughs>
1: He is a kid. (laughs) You know,
0: when you talk about things like that, like it's just he's so excited about these.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, I know. And it is. It's such, like you said, it's such an adrenaline rush. Yeah. You hate it and you love it. You know what I mean? It's Mm. like the Baja 1000 is, it's long. It's grueling. And pretty much at the end of every race, everybody hates each other (laughs) and you just want to go home. Yeah. But then come Monday... Okay, what are we doing? When are we doing this again? Yeah, It's just, it's a vicious cycle and it's like a drug. A race, <laughs>
0: race family, hey? It is. These families tend to sort of clash. For I sure. guess when you race and you clash and then when you walk away, you're like, oh, geez, I miss that race family.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you do. It's, yeah. You can't get away from it. I've tried and you don't. You just, you just suck right back into it.
0: <laughs> oh, mate, that, yeah, I, I, I can only imagine what, what the feelings would be, especially, I think, being in a passenger seat as well, like of a night time with someone you don't really know. Yeah. Apart from a chat on a hill for a little bit. Um,
1: but yeah, you don't know their capabilities, you nah. know. In, in, in a mountain
0: range. Correct.
1: And f- you know, these these vehicles are safe. Yeah. But still, you know, you don't want
0: to push you that. don't want to
1: go off a mountainside.
0: No, don't want to be pushing <laughs> that. Uh, what what's been some of the good memories of like a Baja? What's been some of the good ones?
1: Uh, pretty much everyone. Yeah, there's something you know I mean? good there's out of been, all of them. There's been lots of times that uh, Baja has gotten the best of us, yeah, and we haven't been able to finish a race, and of course that's a that lets you down. But you or I do, and you take you take that and you yep. learn you learn from it, and you progress from that. You know what I mean? There's been, uh, you know, it's just it the the. The variety of things that happen in a desert race is so great that you know I mean you can come around a corner and there wasn't a rock there when we were pre-running but now there's a rock there you know what I mean yeah. and, and as far as a mechanic and a crew chief's responsibility you try to you try to be prepared and it just keeps throwing stuff at you constantly you know what I mean and fortunately over so many years of doing this that i feel i'm a little bit more prepared but (laughs) still it's still yeah it's a challenge
0: like we're at um, may i think we're may 13 today which is four weeks until Mm think basically is it do you like obviously you're prepared now and everything but do you ever get like a sleepless night sleepless night even thinking of like obviously there's no truck here currently but do you is, is it something that's just constantly like at this stage four weeks out oh yeah yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: For sure. Um,
0: no matter how many times you do it, that's still a thing, hey?
1: It's, I think it's just the, the love of the sport. Yeah. You know what I and mean? And you if, care. If, yeah. If you didn't care. What's yeah, the point? Yeah. you'd sleep. you know what I mean? But like you say, it's, you strive to have the best piece of equipment and the best driver, you know what I mean? In order for him to do his capabilities, yep. he's got to have a good piece of equipment. And that's that's on you you know what i mean
0: so what sort of things are in like a program now like over the next four weeks what, when when the truck get gets delivered as such what 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 are you going to do
1: the truck's pretty much ready really um yeah we've got to have some some uh obviously the the graphics and the and the 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 logos put in place for sponsors you know so when it mean?
0: left the states like you, you basically finished it packed it up that's my job done until it it's Ready to go to think, basically apart from yep. that sort of stuff. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well. Yes,
1: pretty much. We need to fit Toby in the in the truck and just adjust the seat belts mm. yep. for him. And it's ready for the dirt. Cool. So yeah, and that was kind of the, the goal is you know, we need to finish this product before it leaves. And uh, we we chassis dyno'd it over there in the States and the uh, Dukan's racing engines was happy with it and, yep. and the James Lynn, the electronics and all the the wiring and stuff is all happy and yep. we think we got something.
0: What, what fuel do they run traditionally?
1: Traditionally over there in the States we're running a, a, a VP or a Sunoco racing fuel. It's 110 to 112 octane. Okay. Uh, here in Australia we're limited to 102 octane.
0: Yeah, okay. I think yep.
1: it's called a Pro Plus or Pro Power I believe. Yep. So that's what we'll be running in that.
0: Yeah, because I wasn't sure what they'd do, if it was, you know, like a pump fuel recommended or how they'd do it here, like a 98 or whatever it would be, but race fuel, obviously.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's race it fuel, to obviously, yeah.
0: And you were there for NASA and Toby's one as well, huh? Hey? Yes, yes. How'd that go?
1: That went unbelievably well. Yeah. It was uh, it was a brand new truck. It was yeah. a Mason's, Mason Motorsports all-wheel drive truck, and... Um, they had just finished it, mm-hmm. days days before the Baja 1000. And of course, I was super nervous about it because it's brand new, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And here we are, we've got some some very high powered drivers, Toby Price and, and Nasser, yeah. coming from halfway around the world to come drive this thing. And uh, we went and tested and both of them, you know, being that they are professional drivers, they just kind of fit right in. Make it work, you yep. know what I mean We did have a a slight bit of an accident with uh with Nasser, which wasn't really a major setback, but it took us took us back a little bit of time but um that particular Baja one thousand the rain was bad, really bad, mm. it was so bad that they actually postponed the the race a day and um beings that we didn't race the previous race. We didn't have a so good of a starting position. You yep. know, the previous race, your finishing from the previous race kind of determines where your starting position is for that race. Mm. So, Toby was going to drive the first 500 miles, 550 miles, I believe. And I think we started 20, 24th or 26th in the field. So, it was quite a ways back. Yeah. Um, And being that the the top five guys are top five runners because they finished top five in the race previous.
0: So the class is up there.
1: Correct. Um, So we had some major concerns of because usually the top five or top eight guys will step out. And they'll be the the other vehicles that we've got to kind of try to work through By the time you work through those, those guys, the front guys are gone Mm. and you can't catch them. You know what I mean? Uh, the only way that that really works is if you can find a, a window between vehicles where there's no dust and you can compensate on that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but Toby just, I remember before the start of the race, he said, what do you think? And I said, I don't know, it's a brand new truck. Just drive it to what you think you can drive it, you know. And and uh, my main thing is, is you you got to finish. You first have to finish, to finish first. You know what I mean. And I told him just let's just get the truck around and see where we land. Half of the guys are gonna fall out. You know what I mean. And and all you got to do is be close enough to somebody to where if they do get a tire, a flat tire, I pull over and you go right by them. You know what I mean. And I don't remember exactly where Toby came in around the five hundred fifty mile mark where he handed the truck off to Nasser and, and his navigator. But he was top five. So he had just what a passed. Stint. Yeah. He had just passed some twenty trucks to get to where he was and it was like, holy cow. And uh it's Almost midnight at this time, you know what I mean. And Nasser and and uh, Matthew, his his navigator, get in, and they take off screaming out of there, and we ended up second place. Massive. From from twenty something back, yeah, it was, it was massive. It was really really cool. That Brand must new, be
0: one of those satisfying
1: days. Oh my gosh, unbelievable! Brand new truck, did not even seen the dirt. Yeah. You know what I mean. And and, uh, and it just goes to a testament of the builder you know mason motorsports did an amazing job on it and uh yeah it was it was cool
0: where do these trucks go do they just circulate into someone else buys it basically that's how just like the top class of trophy truck drivers continue to obviously update their vehicles from what i see quite a lot yep so do they just pass that on sell that one to there. just that's how they get filtered down i guess yep
1: yeah they just kind of kind of float around and It's still, you know, you still see the same truck. It's just got a different name on it. Yep. And they've got different ideas and different thoughts and different plans of strategy.
0: How has pre-running changed?
1: Pre-running is is pretty much the same. We're not allowed to pre-run in the States anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. And the Best in the Desert Association that uh, we raced for so many years up there in the United States they would have a, a pre-run day that we were allowed to go and pre-run the course and the navigator would be able to make his own notes throughout the course and, yeah. and kind of plan their whole day. In the States, we can't do that anymore. Uh, in Mexico, in, in Baja stuff, we can. We can go down a week or you a know, week and a half before and run your section as many times as you want. And make your own notes and come up with your own plan. Um, the UTV industry has really come into play on a lot of lot of vehicles uh, pre-running the, so, so
0: they're using those as pre-running.
1: Yes, yes. there's so many, like jesse and and um, the herbs family and a, a lot of the bigger name guys that are racing have custom-built pre-runners that pretty much use the same suspension package, brakes, you know, all of that stuff as their race vehicle. Mm. That way everything's interchangeable. But it's a cab with windows and air conditioning and your XM satellite radio, you know what I mean? And and you're able, that being that it has all of those good components, you can pre-run at a pretty high speed to simulate what your race is going to be. You know, because yeah. a bump at, at 40K mile an hour is not a bump. But at 120K, it's a bump. It's something, you know what I mean? Yep. So it makes, it made it a lot, of, lot easier for, for navigators to make their notes. And towards if you're traveling at a slower speed, you know, it could be nothing that you worry about. Yeah, but, hard to but, but you're, Yeah, exactly. But they're expensive. You know, the fuel and the brakes and the tires, and you're down there for two weeks running every day, you know, and it just, it's, it's tough.
0: What a budget, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's where a lot of the side-by-side stuff has come in. People are using side-by-sides more now because they're so much more economical, and they're easy to, you know easy to transport around and you can get at them and just go run your section and, but it's, you just gotta have, you gotta take into consideration that you're yep. only going so, so fast and a side by side. Yep. As to where you're in your unlimited buggy, your truck. It's a different,
0: different story. It's
1: a different story. Yeah.
0: Cause at dinner the other night, we we're talking about pre runners and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like people building obviously Raptors. Yes. Um, What's a raptor worth over there? Just a, a base raptor, do you know? Like from, from Ford?
1: A base raptor's running right around sixty-five to seventy thousand, I believe.
0: So you probably like our raptors here are about two hundred. Yeah. So but you probably like kit it out two hundred grand
1: with oh. suspension
0: and that pre run, maybe more?
1: Well, it depends on the level of intensity you go.
0: But you could you could spend that quite Oh yeah. Quite quickly.
1: Very quickly. Yes. And
0: there's people running around in raptors doing pre runs. Yeah. All the time,
1: eh? Yep. Now you you can pre-run it or whatever you feel like you want to pre-run it. Yeah. Um, and there's been some <laughs> there's been some unbelievable stories from pre-running. Really? That's the majority of the of the fun is pre-running and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, that's like see, a the level like you say with the Jesse Jones. His he has two Raptors. Mm-hmm. His he has one for himself and his son AJ. As the other one and it's pretty much just a raptor cab yeah in glass and that's it it's a full tube chassis similar to what the race truck race car is and uh of course the motor's not near as high horsepower as what the race car is yeah but yeah it's the same and it's but that's an extreme you know what I mean? That's, yeah,
0: that's on the far end of the. That's scale. That's on the very
1: far end of the yep. scale. I mean, at the end of the scale, somebody out there in their little Volkswagen Beetle yeah. is cruising along. You know. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool.
0: I think that's the thing that I, I really appreciate with it is is there is that far scale, like Formula One. Everyone drives a Formula One car, you know, but in this you've got a trophy truck right down to the Beetle still. Yeah. In in off road, mm-hmm. that's pretty neat. So everyone can basically, if if you've got the desire and. Uh, some financial ability nearly everyone can compete in something in a name
1: correct correct and that's like i say the utv industry has just escalated yeah unbelievable amounts because you can get into an entry level utv position and go have some family fun With a little bit of competitiveness you know
0: such a cool and you know like like motorcycling such a cool family sport
1: it is it, yeah, it is it's, it's a proper family it's, thing. yeah i see the family always goes and, and uh, I, me working into the position I have been in, yep. uh, my family doesn't go quite often as they used to mm-hmm. because I'm running around with a ton of weight on my shoulders and just want to make sure it's, you know what I mean, it's yep. my job.
0: <laughs> like we've caught up for dinner the last few weeks. Yes. You're a relaxed guy. Yeah. That must change come race weekend. It you does. must be just not not that you're not relaxed, but there just must be so much going on in your head.
1: There, there is, and it's all self-inflicted, obviously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like I say, everybody's put a lot of effort into getting there, and and uh, it's only a, it's only as good as the equipment is. Definitely. So if the equipment's top notch and the driver's top notch, we well, might have something.
0: Tell me this on, on a Saturday. Say the say the day one of think all right, on a general day, there's no say hypothetical. There's no dramas. It's just a clean run. Everything's good. What work would you have for yourself on a would w- oil change?
1: No, they hold a large capacity of oil, so we won't yeah. do that. But just pretty much check over, check over nuts and bolts, yeah. and and make sure that the, the the tensions are correct and where they need to be, and just tires. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tire cross, change. Yeah. Probably do a tire change and, and just depending on what what the circumstance is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, pretty much just cross the T's and dot the I's and, you know. Yeah. Give it to Mary and... Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Pop the champagne on it and get yeah. us back. Yeah. Now, what about things like valving and stuff like that in suspension? Just... Like, is there a base setting that you've put in there back back in the states already, or do you have to go through all that process when it gets here? Or what's that?
1: No, um, you have to do the process beforehand. Um, right. Fortunately, there, we have a uh, this truck is outfitted with uh, Fox Racing shocks, mm-hmm. and um, with the help of uh, a company called Suspension Development Group, they have come up with a. Uh, a valve, you know, a shock tuning program yep. that works really well in vehicles like Toby's. Right. Although Toby's is a little bit different. It's a little bit lighter. So we've kind of automatically made some spring changes to compensate for the lighter yep. vehicle. But uh, it should be really good out of the box. And the, say the Fox shocks have external adjustments on them yep. to where when toby and i drive it and get a feel for it if he wants to make a change we can easily make an external change nice it's it's the the internal valving and everything is close enough now to where the external valve or the external adjustments yep can pretty much get us where we want to be with it
0: it's within its within its field limit yes Yep. yep Yeah, it was just something that I was was truly intrigued in, like how much work you got to have to go through with that sort of side of it. But it's got a base package already in there, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. We think we've got something that's going to be good right out of the box. Um, And suspension is in these vehicles is everything. You know, you're you're working with roughly thirty inches of of rear wheel travel in the rear, and twenty four of you know inches of travel in the front. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got... You know, and, and the, the terrain you're going through and the speeds they're traveling, you know, it's it's pretty bad. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Going back to, like, 13 years old, 16 years old, building this Ford Ranchero and that, did you think you'd get here?
1: No. Yeah. Not at all. Um, see, when I was... In our younger years, um, my, I had two uncles that were pretty heavy into mud racing. And it was, a, again, it was a specially designed vehicle for we called it. They were called uh, mud boggers. Right. And basically it was, a, it was a, a pit that was probably 60 meters, 70 meters of mud, you know, and then you go through the pit as fast as you can. And uh, growing up, we were always you know, my, my father was kind of the, the crew chief mechanic on them, and we were going everywhere from Northern California to Texas, doing these races. Yep. Um, but yeah, growing up, I say, I never thought I'd be doing this off-road stuff. Like say the, the 16, 17 and 18 era. We were car shows, you know what i mean and and, and roadster runs and, and all kinds of car events and uh And I had started to go to a uh a trade school to for building custom hot rods and painting and because I had somehow picked up painting <laughs> uh, and I had painted all of my dad's vehicles plus my brothers' and stuff, and quite a few vehicles for years, Wow. Uh, on the side and uh, that's kind of what I wanted to do and then the time came and I didn't do it <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> yeah no like I say and I ended up just riding in the afternoons and riding on the weekends and, and uh, that's where I had met the uh, the guy that got me into the automation yeah and uh, like I say that was that was good for several years it was you know it was clean it was a lot of traveling I've been everywhere from, from Germany to Hungary to Costa Rica to, you know, all over the place. China. Yeah. Uh, but that computer industry goes up and down so fast. Mm-hmm. And within a couple of years, those machines were outdated. They had moved on to a new, you yeah. know, a newer newer process. And um, being that I didn't have an engineering degree. Or I didn't have a college or university background. I couldn't get a job. I couldn't find. You know really? what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They all wanted to. Well, you know, where's your engineering degree? Well, I don't have one, but I can work circles around all these engineers.
0: I can show them. I can teach them. You know what them. I mean? Exactly.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> That's kind of why I got back into just kind of my long my my life of working on off road cars and and uh, doing that stuff and. Actually, and then uh, John Herder had called out of the blue one day, and it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> downhill, Right. <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> it's it's you've done so much stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm super fortunate I have. You yeah. know, and, and uh, 2018, Toby had because uh, we had developed our, our friendship. Yep. And Toby asked if I had come over, if I could come over for the two thousand eighteen Fink, for the the double that he was doing. Yeah. And uh, I was in an accident, so I couldn't I couldn't come over. And two thousand nineteen, he kept after it and come over. I need you. I need you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a we had a good year. Two thousand nineteen was we didn't finish. We had we had broken a, a rear differential fast but eh? we were fast yeah. we you know the first time a trophy truck had ever been on the pole for fink and then on day one he set a new record you know yeah and the whole time i'm just like no, no it's like, it's okay you know, <laughs> keep it easy take it easy we gotta go the other way tomorrow you know yep. but uh yeah it's just yeah like you say it's fink is a lot like baja no matter how prepared you are or how prepared you think you are? Yeah, it's gonna throw something at you. I was
0: you gonna ask you mean? about that. How, how does it compare? Um. Obviously, two total different events, but how does it
1: compare? It's it's total. You know, it's two total different events, but they're the same. You know the the camaraderie and the and the, the friendship. You know what I mean? Everybody's friends. Yeah. Everybody's. We're all having a good time, laughing and joking. The helmets go on; it's a different deal. It's race time. Yeah. The helmets come off. Hey, how's you know what I mean? It's Perfect. just, it's just like that. And that's what's so neat about the desert racing stuff is it's, you know, your fiercest competitor, you're having having beers and and dinner together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Within Like I say, you put the helmet on; it's a different ballgame. But uh, the racing think is is very high speed. And it's rough, very rough. I had no idea it was as rough as it is. Wow. To where it's, like, say that a number of the guys could come over from the States and they, they'd have their hands full. For That's sure. Right. Yep. Yep. I will say that the unlimited buggy category here in Australia is top of their game. Mm. Really. I mean, the cars are beautiful. The fabrication, they're they're really really nice in comparison to what we have over there. Is that right? Yeah, the trophy trucks division here, um, it's it's getting better. You know what I mean. But it's not the over there in, in the United States. Trophy trucks are the bread and butter. Yeah, they're they're everything. You know what I mean. And and uh, it's a lot easier for if you were to go out and try to find sponsors and some assistance for, for your next race, it's a lot easier if you're in a truck. Okay. You know what I mean? There's a lot more coverage. Yeah. And uh, the buggies are the buggies have kind of dwindled down slowly but surely.
0: So it's sort of a trophy truck. Then the UTV obviously starts to push creep into the buggy area, I'm guessing, hey?
1: Correct. They have a... Um, we have a new category that's probably only three years old now, Yeah, um, it's called a 6100 or, mm. a, tr- or a trophy truck spec. Yeah. And what that is, is a, it's an unlimited truck. It's scaled down slightly smaller than a, than a trophy truck, but it has a, a spec engine yeah. and a spec transmission and, and a spec differential. To where everybody has to run their same exact drivetrain. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah, you can have different suspension and different brakes and different different chassis builders. Yep. But it's really in the whole field, and it's uh, it's much more economical mm-hmm. than a trophy truck category. But you know, you'll get three or four races out of an engine and transmission package, to where it's. A lot more people are coming into it and doing that because it's yep. highly competitive, very competitive, and they go good. They're fast, and like I say, and then you got a full truck that is getting a lot of coverage to our yep. sponsors. Are, oh yeah, I'll, I'll put my name on the side of that.
0: Still looks like a full truck to the to the outside eye. Correct. Yes, yep. it
1: resembles, a, you know, a Toyota or a Ford Raptor or or, yep. or whatever you have. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's that category has gone crazy it's really good
0: what's the news of the e-vehicles coming in what's this class
1: (laughs) I'm I'm biased because so am I what what is it what's it all about
0: like I've read it but what why this is the way we're traveling but
1: yeah the whole world's going electric crazy you know what I mean um it's neat that they're introducing it Mm. you know what I mean they've got a long way to go um but they're giving it a shot, yeah, you know what I mean, and that's it's everybody welcomes them you know with with welcome arms and open arms, and yeah, but uh, it's tough, you know, I mean, you've gotta go long distances on charge, you know what I mean yeah. or fuel, <laughs> yeah, and uh it's it's gonna be tough, yeah they'll, I'm sure they'll get it figured out eventually.
0: there'll be a time, yeah, there
1: will be a time, and I hope we never have to. Submit to that. You know what I mean? Because that would be a major game changer. But yeah, I do know that uh, they have done some stuff. I I don't remember where. I think it was in Portugal not too long ago at the EV racing. Yeah. And, um, in fact, in Australia, had won it. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was a female driver. I don't know her name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going that direction. Definitely. And... um, if it does go that direction, I'm sure the distance is going to be changed, you know, because we're, we're racing 620 k's at a time, you know, or 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 a thousand kilometers, or you know, even 1,500 kilometers at a time to yeah. where, you know, and, and pretty much on average now um, we'll go 200 to 250 race miles. Yeah. Without fuel or tires.
0: Okay, so what's that? That's three hundred and seventy Ks or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: yep. and that's you know what I mean. It's yeah. it's pretty tough.
0: It's a long way on an EV vehicle.
1: <laughs> yes. Especially in that kind of a condition. You For know what sure. I mean? And in the in the mountains or in the sand wash. I mean it's yeah. Trying to it needs, the heat. Yeah. You know, and of course it's a race application, so you're trying to go as fast as you can in every spot, you know what I mean? So it's yep. It's tough.
0: Yeah, it's a long uh, a long way off. Yeah. What I found exciting was the uh, military class. Yeah. Military vehicles, mm-hmm. ex-military vehicles. That's pretty cool. Same thing. Just I just appreciate getting more people into these things. You know, I think yeah. it opens the door for for another class of people.
1: There's such a wide variety. Yeah. You know, of people doing that stuff, and 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 uh, yeah, like say the military vehicles come into play. You know, and and it's it's just as tough as it is for for us as it is for them yep and you know they they pursue it and pursue through and get to the finish and you know it's just they're just as happy as we are it's great still racing it's still racing and it's a family thing and it's fun
0: so what else you got planned for the next few years mate what else is going on you've got this think this year you yeah. go back home obviously you fly uh, Ainsley got you booked for Alice Springs to Sydney yep back home
1: yep and back home um,
0: what else happens throughout 2021 the see your family
1: yo for sure yep. for sure um, the next major race coming into play um, that we have we always kind of have a break from June through to about the end of August is that the heat yeah that's why? I think it's pretty hot, yeah. yeah. Um, even like the, the, the Baja 500 that uh, is raced usually in June is hot, mm. really hot. And it's really tough on the motorbike guys. Uh, they've got to be not only racing, but they've got to think about themselves. I know there was a year or two that we had lost quite a few riders due to heat. And uh, and that's, you know, it's it's racing. Yeah. Your adrenaline's going, you're...
0: Pushing yourself.
1: Pushing yourself, and you don't realize what you're doing to yourself. You know what I mean? Um, and they have, you know, for some of the hot races, they'll have stations set up to where you can get a, some water or an IV, you know what I mean, if you need to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you definitely got to take care of yourself. But, uh, like I say, the end of August is... Uh, uh, a race in the states that pretty much everybody does it starts in las Vegas yeah and uh ends up in reno and it's about a six hundred mile five hundred and eighty you know depending on the course for that particular year and that's kind of what gets the season kicked off yeah the the second half of the season kicked off and then from there it's it's go it it's go yeah pretty much all the way up to the thousand
0: yeah. And when's that? That's November, uh, November. mid-November, isn't it?
1: Mid, yep. mid to the end of November every year, yeah. Yep. yep. Um,
0: and that's still on the calendar this year, isn't it? That's yes. all yep. pushing forward?
1: Still pushing forward. Fantastic. Uh, they just released a map for the Baja 500, yep. which is the same weekend as Fink. And in uh, the whole pandemic, all the COVID stuff has been, you plan for it. Mm. But you can't really plan for it because you just don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? I know. Two thousand twenty, we didn't race at all. You know what I mean? We raced two races, and.
0: Uh, Which ones did you get out?
1: There was a. Uh, uh, they you called it. A, they called it a. The ones in Baja, we call. They called it a, a Baja Four Hundred. Yeah. And um, then we did the Baja One Thousand. Mhm. We also did uh, Parker, the Parker 425 races in the end of January or beginning of February. Yeah. And that was just when the pandemic pandemic was starting to kick off.
0: Because that's when Dan and Brett just flew in Correct. home the Correct. day before. Yeah. Uh,
1: in fact, Toby was over there. He had, he had actually raced uh, with a team member mm. at that race also. Um, so we were able We you know... we. We did that race, but then from there it just snowballed.
0: Parker's uh, in in Arizona too, isn't it?
1: Yes, it's right yep. on the, on the California Arizona border. Yep. Yeah, so uh, Parker's a neat race. Really? It's been a race. It's a four two five, isn't it? Yes. Yep. It's been a race that we've done every. I've done it every year for fifteen years. Wow. You know, what I mean, yeah, it's it's great, really good times.
0: Right. Well, I genuinely like appreciate you coming in. Um, we've had some good ta- good yarns over dinner so far, but yeah. I really you don't get much of a chance to sit down and just talk to someone one on oh, one too yeah. often
1: no amongst everybody yeah. so
0: um yeah, just your your uh, your skill set is just something I appreciate so much with yeah. with what you do and um yeah thanks for coming in.
1: Thank you I appreciate you having me.
0: All the best for uh for Fink and thank obviously you. to Toby as well and um yeah, thanks and to the whole team. Thanks mate.
1: thank you, I appreciate it.